How many of you got a card this morning? Get out of jail free when you came in. You know, I, I don't know how many people I've tell, told me when, when they look at that, they think, man, I wish that I had that a couple months ago, or man, I wish I had that a couple years ago. <laughs> You'd be surprised how many wish they had that a couple years ago or something. But uh, hey, that's what, the, that's what the whole message of the gospel is about, right? Yeah. Change. Yeah. Change. And then, uh, of course, we have to change. But God, God helps us change. He makes us a new creation. You know, actually, I was able to share this week. I was able to share with somebody this week that, you know, whenever, before we receive Christ and ask him to come into our heart and forgive us of our sins, you know, we, we enjoy sin. It feels, you know, it just, it's okay. We, it don't bother us. You know, and uh, like Pastor Mark always said, you don't have to teach a little child to say No. They pick that up all on their own. We don't have to teach them that. But when, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, all of a sudden, that sin that used to be enjoyable, it's just not the same. And uh, uh, Brother uh, Kenneth Hagan, he went on to be at the Lord years ago. And I, I've read some of his books and, and different things, and, and he uh, described it as, after you get saved, it's kind of like washing your feet with your socks on. It just don't feel right no more. Can, can you relate to that? You know, you, you know you, it's something that you used to enjoy, and it used to not bother you a bit, but anymore, it just don't feel right. And see, that's what, that's what God does on the inside of it. He changes us. Amen. Amen. So before we go on, uh, today's sermon is on enjoying freedom. And of course, if you've been here the last several weeks, we've been talking about freedom. And get out of jail free has been the sermon title. And I'm going to review before we actually get into today's sermon. But if you do have your Bibles, and this is a classic scripture, I refer to it numerous times. John 10, 10. If you don't have it memorized, I encourage you to memorize it. And today we're going to look at the latter part of John 10, 10. But before we do that, I'm going to review just a little bit. We started out the first week uh, breaking free. And Derek Mays came up here and, and uh, I illustrated and he helped me. Uh, we illustrated how the enemy is so subtle he will bring things to us that <clears throat> are seemingly okay. They might even be legal in America. But how many of you do know just because the government says it's legal, that don't mean it's right in God's eyes. That was pretty good. I really thought I'd have to repeat myself on that because you would be a little slow there. But that was pretty good. So even though it might be legal, does, does not mean it's right. And sometimes those legal things, that's where it starts out, the things that are kind of gray area, and the devil tempts us, invents us to try them, so we put them on. And then maybe a little bit later on, you know, he tells us about, about drinking and all the athletes do it and all the pretty girls do it, so we say okay to that. And then, you know, and then there's some other things that they might not be legal, but they won't kill you. Smoking a joint won't kill you. 
and some places it is legal and we'll put that on. And then as we, farther and farther we go, and it hasn't always been about drugs and alcohol, but you know one of the heaviest chains that the devil will ever, ever try to put around your, around your neck is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can be the heaviest thing that the devil ever tempts you with. Not only that, anger. Anger can be one of the heaviest chains. And you know, and it's not, I'll t let me just tell you, it's not just because, you know, you might even have a good reason to be mad at people. Your dad might have treated you bad. Your mom might have treated you bad. So you feel like you have every right to be mad at the world. And you can be. You can go through your whole life and be mad at the world. But if you do, prepare to wear a weight around your neck. Prepare to live a life far from where God wants you to walk. Far over there, over there by yourself, not feeling God's love, not knowing his love, not loving those around you. So that was the first week. Uh, and, that, and we talked about Paul and Silas, and they was, in the, they was in the jail cell, but when they called on the name of the Lord, the Lord set them free, right? Then we talked about, uh, what did we talk about? We talked about this yoke. And how Jesus used the illustration of the yoke to, to, and he said that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. So Jesus, we, we talked about that Jesus wants to lead us into good things because that's what this is. See, and Jesus used that illustration because in that day, everybody knew what a yoke was. A yoke was used to lead and guide animals for work so that they could be productive and uh, so, so Jesus used this illustration that he's not going to lead and guide us into bad things. He's not going to lead and guide us into destruction. He's not going to lead and guide us into bondage. No, no, no. He's going to lead us and guide us into good things. Love, joy, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. 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 And then we talked about the cost of freedom. You know, freedom don't cost me nothing. It didn't cost me nothing. Christ died on the cross for me. I received him as my Lord and Savior. It didn't cost me nothing. Now, it cost God a lot. It cost him his son. And then I went ahead, ahead and spoke about that your freedom was bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. But the person sitting beside you, their freedom might cost you something. You might have to go by and pick them up. It might cost you a little bit of gas to get them to church. You might have to humble yourself when you share the gospel with them. And I talked about how baby Christians, how they dirty their diapers and we have to change diapers. That's, see, you might have to change some diapers. You might have family members that they're baby Christians and you might have to change their diaper once in a while. So see, their freedom, it might cost you something. Is anybody willing to work? That's really what it amounts to. Are you willing to help the Lord? Really, really what it amounts to, are we willing to be the body of Christ? That's really what it amounts to. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So today we're going to talk about enjoying freedom. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to John 10, 10. This is a powerful scripture. Like I said, if you haven't memorized it, please do. It's a classic scripture. John 10, 10. 
Of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it all, but we're going to focus on the latter part of it. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But notice this. And you'll also notice, if you've got your Bible, you'll also notice it's in red. Pastor Mark uh, commented numerous times, if you don't do anything else, read the red. Right? Read the red. Because that's, that's, those are the words of Jesus. And those are words of life. All right. So Jesus said, or actually, I'll, I'll just start the th- in the very beginning. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And of course, we know that's talking about the devil. And that's what we've been talking about, how he wants to lead us away from God's will. But then Jesus said, he said, but I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So see, that's what he wants us to have. He wants us to have that abundant life. If you look in Webster, it uses the word plentiful. See, Jesus wants us to have a plentiful life. There's another, another translation says a satisfying life. You know what? I'll tell you what. There's something I realized uh, a long time ago with my children. You know, I really don't care what direction that they went in life, but I want them to be satisfied. I didn't want them always searching for that next thing out there. I just want them to be satisfied. Whatever path they took, whatever church they went to, I want them to be satisfied. Amen. Can mom and dad say amen to that? Amen. Amen. The New Century Version, it says that Jesus wants us to have life to the fullest. A full life. Full of all of God's goodness. The message translation, I like this. It says, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have a real and eternal life, more and better than they can ever dream of. More and better. You know, I was talking to a a guy here a few weeks ago, and uh, he was in his early 20s, and he was in a mess, and he was kind of letting on like he had had, you know, his life was over. He had made all of these mistakes. His, he had no hope at all. He didn't see any way in the world. And I asked him how old he was. And then I said, do you realize that I was 27 before I got saved? And then I told him just a little bit about the situation that I came out of. And that's the message of the gospel. It's never too late. It is never too late to have the blessings of God in our lives. Amen. Glory to God. So how do we have this life to the fullest? We know the the world is so wicked and there's all kinds of stuff in the world trying to mess us up. So I want, we're going to look in Genesis 6, and if you've got your Bible, fine. If you don't, that's fine too. But we're going to look at two illustrations in the Old Testament about just normal, average people. But when they obeyed God, when they followed His Word, when they followed His leading, God moved on their behalf And not only did it save their life, but it saved those lives around them. In Genesis 6, we see about the the story of Noah. And like I said, even just like today, the world was wicked in his day. There was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. 
the result, and, and God got so tired of it, he finally decided, he said, I'm going to judge the world. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wipe them out. But the Bible says that Noah found favor and obeyed God. Now, now, there's lots of scriptures that talks about the judgment of God. But let me tell you something. God, his goal is not to judge the world. That's not what he wants. What God wants, he wants the whole world to repent and turn back to him. That's what he wants. Amen. Amen. So here we have Noah. And the scriptures tell us that in this day, just like today, there was evil and violence everywhere. And God instructed Noah to build an ark. And it was strictly by faith that Noah had to step out because it had never rained as we know rain today. It had never rained before. But God instructed Noah to build an ark for the saving of his family. Now, see, God puts out these warnings even yet today. And even today, I will give you warnings. You know, repent and turn to God, not only for your salvation, but for the salvation of those around you. Amen. Why do I do that? Why did God, why did, uh, why did we read in the Old Testament? Because God doesn't want to judge the world. He doesn't want to judge your children. He doesn't want to judge your friends. He wants us to repent. Amen. He wants us to run back to him. That's what he wants. Hebrews eleven seven gives us a good example of what Noah did. And I want you to notice Hebrews eleven seven. This is talking about Noah in the New Living Translation. And it said, it was by faith. Notice it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. Now, what did he do? He obeyed God, and that's what the Scripture says next. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. But see, it was by faith. You know, sometimes we try to figure everything out with our minds. You know, and we just, you can't figure everything out by your minds. Now, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, I am going to preach an apologetic sermon. And I will show you fact after fact and proof after proof that the Bible is true. It's historically correct. In fact, it is probably more accurate. I know it is. It's more accurate and more true than the history books you've looked at all your lives. Yes. It's true. I'll prove that to you in two weeks. It's true. But notice, I want you to notice something that Noah was not this great giant of a man. He was an average man that believed in God. And because he believed in God, when God spoke to, spoke to him, he stepped out in faith, and when he stepped out, God saved him and his family. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I want to tell you. If you are not right with Christ, if you're not right with God, that's where you start. You get saved yourself. You start living right yourself, and then God will bring everybody else in. Glory to God. I'm going to put a little pressure on you men here. 
I read here a few years ago, I don't know what the statistic is today, a couple years ago I read that if the mama of the household gets saved, uh, like 16 or 17% of the time, the rest of the family follows her in. When the dad of the family gets saved, like 83% of the time, the rest of the family follows them in. 83%. Daddies, if you're not here today, get right with God and God will raise them up around you. Glory to God. So we see that it was Noah's faith in God that saved him and his family. Now, sometimes this big word of faith gets all blown out of proportion, but it's real simple. If God instructs us to do something, well, that's what we do. If he, if he tells us to, you know, whatever the case may be, if it tells us to humble ourselves before him, that's what we do. If it tells us to love our neighbors, well, that's what we do. Amen. It's a simple thing. So that's one, one illustration in the Old Testament about Noah. The next one is found in 1 Kings 17. And this is a, a widow woman. This is about a story about Elijah, the prophet of God. And before we get to 1 Kings uh, 17, the scripture says that God was taking care of Elijah. He was beside the brook and the birds was bringing him food and everything was good. And God was providing for his prophet. But then one day, you mean to read it to you? But then one day, God tells Elijah in 1 Kings 79, and he says, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs in Sidon, and stay there, and behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to provide for you. Now think about this. Now here God was taking care of his prophet Elijah. He was, had water, he had food, God was taking care of him. But all of a sudden, God tells him to go and a widow woman. Now why in the world would a, God put that burden on a widow woman? Huh? Anybody know? Are we awake? Hey, how about this? There. There. Are we awake now? Yes. All right. So why? Now, if I have time, I'm going to tell you until some of you guys will try to put this jail back together after a while. So why would God take his prophet that he had been taken care of and send him to a lowly widow woman? She had lost her husband. She had a son left. Why would he do that? I'll tell you why. Let's look and see. In 1 Kings 17, 12, the widow woman answers Elijah because he had, he's come to her and he says, God has instructed you to take care of me. Don't seem fair, does it? God instructed the widow woman to take care of his prophet. It just don't seem right, does it? And, it's, and she says, but she said to him, as the Lord God lives, so she, she was a believer, she believed in God, she trusted God, but she says, she just looked at the facts, and that's another thing faith does not do. Faith does not deny the facts. If you are sick, you are sick. But Christ died for our healings. Amen. Amen. So it says, 
She says, as the Lord our God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in a bowl and a little bit of oil in a jar. And behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat and die. And see, that's as far as she could think. She had no hope at all. She was just hoping for that last meal for her and her son. And then as far as she she was concerned, it was over. Now, see, this was in the middle of a drought. And nobody had nothing. It'd be like the Depression. Nobody had no food. Nobody had nothing. It was in the middle of a drought. So she just had a little bit there. And she is planned on it for her and her son. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, do not fear. Do as I have said. In other words, what he's saying is, Don't fear, obey God. Don't fear, don't look at everything around you, don't get messed up by what you see, just obey God. You know, sometimes some of the worst thing, one of the worst things we can ever do is allow our, what we see with our natural eyes, we believe that more than we believe God's word. I'll tell you about that some other time because you just didn't get that at all. Do not fear, Elijah told her. Do as the Lord had said. And Elijah says, make me a little bit of bread and a cake first and bring it to me. And afterwards, you may make yourself one and your son one. So why did God put her in such a terrible situation? Do I I save myself and my son? Or do I feed this prophet of God that's probably... Do I dare say 40 pounds overweight? (laughs) Uh, Let's not even go there. I told my wife a long time ago. Somebody said I was going to end up being a short, bald, fat preacher. (laughs) And I told them I might be short and I might be bald, but I'm not going to be fat. (laughs) I mean, that's the only thing I can control. So anyway, so, so why did God send his prophet to be sustained by a widow woman? She had lost her husband. She just had her son. She had no hope. Well, let me tell you why. In verse 14, it says, For the God, the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted. Now, see, this is what God is telling her. And what's happening here is her faith is being raised. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. Now, see, each time the prophet speaks to her about the Word of God, her faith grows, and the same thing happens to you. And it says, The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall your jar of oil be empty until the day, until the, day the Lord sends rain upon the face of the earth. See, God had a plan. Here you had a widow woman that had next to nothing, had enough for one meal left. But God knew that she needed more than that. And God thought, if I can just get her to trust me, if I can just get her to to take care of my prophet, I can bless her. Glory to God! You know why I get excited when I talk about that? Because I know all you have to do, all I have to do is obey God. And then guess what? His blessings are coming. 
You know, we could look in the Old Testament, if you don't believe that, and we'll do that one of these days. We can look in the Old Testament that shows Joshua and Caleb, they believed the promise as soon as it came out of God's mouth. Everybody else, they didn't believe it. But Joshua and Caleb did. They believed it instantly. And that's what we should do. When it comes out of God's mouth, we should believe it. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So we looked at two different ones. Noah obeyed God. And by obeying God, it saved him and his family. And we looked at the widow woman where she obeyed God, just done what God said. And it saved her and her son. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like John 10, 10? That Jesus came, that we may have life and have it to the fullest. You see, God, he's all about life. That's what he's about. He wants us to have life. And we have that life through faith. It takes faith because if we look at this world, if we look at this dying, crazing world, we will be all confused. I do encourage you, when you get to where you're starting to have doubts about God, when you get to where you're starting to have doubts about this world that we live in, go to John 10, 10 and read that. Because it shows you where the destruction is. And it also shows you where the blessings are. Praise team, if you'll go ahead and come, please. Go ahead and come. Here in just a moment, we'll go ahead and uh, have the ones that are going to get baptized to meet Kevin uh, right over there by that door. N not yet, but here in just a moment. We've been talking three weeks about freedom. This is the fourth week we've talked about freedom. And God has set this whole thing up to where each and every one of us can be free. You know, it doesn't matter what your addiction is, whether it's pornography or if it is anger or strife or, or drugs, it doesn't matter what it is. But see, it's a choice that we choose. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. You know, you could come in here today with literally all of these chains wrapped around you and you can leave with them. Or you can come to Jesus just the way you are with all that stuff draping on you and you can give it to him. You can let him take it. And I know this is kind of hard to believe but that is the exact reason he came to this earth so that you and I could be free. No other reason. No other reason. But that you and I could be free. The scripture says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And I believe that. You know, there's some, some say, that the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit died with the last apostles. Some churches believe that, some churches teach that. Some say it was just for the early churches, just so that they could get things started. 
Well, see, I have a problem with that. My Bible says that God's not dead. My Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My God says that I need the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Amen. You know, there is a, in Romans 8, there's a scriptural reference to that. I mentioned it a couple months ago, maybe. There's a scriptural reference that, uh, that shows that there was a church and they was believers, but they didn't have a clue about the power of the Holy Spirit. Didn't have a clue. They believed in Christ. They was his followers, but they, hadn't, they just didn't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll tell you what. We need that power. And I, it's my, my sincere desire is to lead you in victory. I, for one, I had to have that power before I could break that addiction off of me. I had to have it. I was saved. Made it for six months, relapsed, relapsed, and relapsed again. And then the power came. Then I found out about the power of the Holy Spirit. So it's my desire that you would walk in everything that God has for you. And you can only do that with His power. You know, most of us, we've proved what we could do on our own. <laughs> Haven't we? Have we not proved what we could do on our own, the message we've made in our lives and stuff? So not only do we need to be born again and receive Christ, but we also need to know about the power of the Holy Spirit. So my message this morning is real simple. To enjoy this freedom that was bought and paid for on this cross, we need to receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. And if you've never done that this morning, right now is the time. You know, if you died today, if there were, you was in a danger to get in a car wreck on your way home, do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? Do you know that? Can you say that? If you don't, now's the time. The Bible says that today is a day of salvation. So that's number one. And if you've never done that, I ask you to come down. We have altar workers that will help you, will lead you, and they'll pray with you. And if you haven't, please come and do that. And the second one is the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, if you have something that just, you just can't get rid of and, and you just don't feel like you're walking in the power of God, come down and we'll pray for you. For every believer. You know, if there's anything, if there's anything I believe in all my heart is that God wants each and every one of us to walk in victory. Not because we're great, not because we're mighty, but because Christ was victorious on the cross. So if you feel, if you feel like you need more of God, and that's all it is, that's all the power of the Holy Spirit, it's more of God. So come on, come on. 
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.